The Referral Navigator Limited Series Podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Jeff Talkman. Welcome to the Referral Navigator Limited Series Podcast. Very excited today to have Jeffrey Bast from Bast Amron on the call. And we're going to be talking about leadership in terms of generating referrals, how a managing partner of a law firm like Jeffrey can lead the attorneys on his team to be better at generating referrals from the law firm's clients and also from the law firm's professional relationships. Jeffrey, welcome to the call. Thanks, Jeff. Glad, uh, glad to be here. Thanks so much. We want to start by just making sure everybody knows a little bit about your firm, the areas of practice, the type of law that you practice, so that we can understand when someone's sending a referral to your firm, what kind of prospective clients are the best for you and what kind of legal work that you provide before we get into the, the strategy on how to generate referrals. Okay. My firm specializes in two things, that is commercial litigation, any type of business dispute, partnership dispute, breach of contract, fiduciary duty issues, or bankruptcy. And that is primarily business bankruptcy focused on business insolvency, commercial chapter 11, chapter 7. We don't really do chapter 13, which is a consumer consumer area. And we do a lot of Bankruptcy alternatives, assignments for the benefit of creditors, receiverships, liquidations, dissolutions. And then our real sweet spot is the intersection of those two bankruptcy and litigation. So our our, our sweet spot is insolvency litigation, litigation in the bankruptcy world or emanating from the bankruptcy world. A lot of attorneys come to us when their clients are either struggling with the, the burdens of debt or perhaps they're involved in uh, litigation that they they're going to lose, and they want to start exploring alternatives, or maybe the other side's threatening bankruptcy. So we're a we're a supplement. We work with a lot of a lot of different lawyers in a lot of different practice areas, and we have fourteen lawyers, and we're fourteen years old. I'm a former big firm lawyer myself, and my partner Brett Amron and I started the firm fourteen years ago. I know you've mentioned before, Jeffrey, about how your firm does bankruptcy law, but also you've, I think, a phrase, please correct me, bankruptcy avoidance as well. Can you tell people a little bit more about that, elaborate a little bit more on how your firm might be different than the typical bankruptcy law firm? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. I like to say that we are bankruptcy lawyers who specialize in bankruptcy avoidance. And what I mean by that is... A lot of clients will come to us saying, I want to file bankruptcy. And my view is that a lot of bankruptcy lawyers in town will do just that for them, file bankruptcy immediately without evaluating whether or not it's appropriate to file a bankruptcy or without evaluating the risks of filing a bankruptcy and the benefits and the costs and everything else. And so from our view, we will carefully evaluate the client, the circumstances, the circumstances leading to the point uh, at which they believe they need to file and evaluate their likelihood of success through a bankruptcy. Because a lot of things can happen when you enter into any type of court proceeding, but particularly insolvency proceeding on the business side. 
our approach to any either litigation or bankruptcy is always, if we can keep our client out of court, we'll try to do that. Thank you so much. Our podcast today is really about your leadership position, how you help attorneys on your team to be better at generating referrals from their own clients, number one, and from other professionals, number two. In order to generate referrals, the attorneys need to be referable. So let's cover that briefly before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of the podcast about how to lead people to be better at generating referrals. What in your mind makes an attorney that's on your team referable? Let's start with from the client's perspective. What would make a client want to refer a new prospective client to one of your attorneys? What is it that makes them referable? I, I would say it's several things. I mean, the first is, you know, expertise. You have to have, you have to demonstrate to a client or a referral source that you have the expertise necessary to fulfill the, the needs of the client. <clears throat> so if they're coming to you for insolvency, you have to have some insolvency expertise. I guess I would put that in the category of competence. You got to be competent. Second, I think you must be responsive because I think a lot of lawyers fail on this category, even the ones that are competent. A lot of them are just not responsive. They don't respond to emails or phone calls for several days. And so we pride ourselves on being super responsive. In my firm, we have a 24-hour rule that every client or inquiry, or inquiry that we receive will be responded to within 24 hours, barring some extraordinary circumstances. And the third is, I think, likability. I think you got to be likable to be referable, especially if it's an insolvency or a restructuring. And we're going to be talking all the time and we're going to be meeting all the time and you're going to be coming with me to court. If we don't like each other, that's not going to make for a really productive relationship. So you have to like the lawyer. And the last thing I would say is appreciation. I think you have to be appreciative and I think a lot of lawyers fall in this as well. When someone refers you, either a client refers you, hires you, or they refer you to another client, just the mere act of recognizing that referral and appreciating it, I think goes a long way. And it's another thing that's underutilized by lawyers. I mean, I, I've given referrals out to lawyers throughout my career that I never even got so much as an acknowledgement from the lawyer saying, hey, I appreciate you reaching out, whether it works out or not. I always want to try to refer back or help that person back. And I think the reciprocity is another feature of a successful referral relationship. Thank you so much. We're definitely getting into beyond, I think, being referable, which are yeah. into a little bit into techniques on how to get referrals from clients. So let's start there. We'll talk first about your strengths in your firm. We'll spend probably more time on that than any other step. Then on to your goals, any concerns and roadblocks, and then on to a future action plan. We'll cover those steps on the podcast today. In terms of strengths, you already mentioned a few things about being referable, competence, responsiveness, likability, showing appreciation. And then you got into an area I'd like to go, go further into, which is opportunities to deepen and widen the relationship beyond just practicing law. If you get to know them and who they know, invite them to events and get them to bring a friend, for example, this is with clients uh, or professionals, that's a great way to develop a referral relationship with that client. Let's take clients first as in, we'll get to the professionals later. In terms of generating referrals from clients, can you elaborate a little bit more about what you do yourself, your partner does, and what the other attorneys on the team are doing? And even more importantly, uh, pertaining to this podcast, how you as a managing partner get the attorneys on your team 
I think it's the other 13 lawyers, if I got the numbers right, how you get them to show appreciation, get to know the clients, get to know who the clients know, get to invite clients to events and bringing friends. What are some of the things you're doing as a managing partner to help the attorneys generate more referrals from their own clients? I think it starts with the the features I just mentioned in the previous question. Obviously, it starts with doing great work. You got to do great work for clients or they're not going to refer your work. And that doesn't always mean winning. I think a lot of us think that how we have to win to prevail. Sometimes we don't win. Sometimes a win doesn't look like a win. And the question is whether or not you, the client was aware of that risk and they understood it and they went into it with open eyes and you as a lawyer gave good feedback. The other thing is we're neurotic about uh, communication with our clients. I have a rule that a client should never learn about something we did by reading it on a bill. If you're doing work for a client, and I also think lawyers fail on that too. If you're doing something for the client, let them know, keep them updated. And we like to keep our clients so up to date until they finally tell us, hey, I don't need all this. Sometimes we have to caution our lawyers to, hey, what's the first thing you need to do is get the client's consent on this before, even if you know what to do. It's, it's how do you build a client relationship is how do you build any relationship? It's getting to know the person and maybe we lose sight of the fact that it's actually a person. They may be the client, but there's actually a human being on the other side of that call. Even if they're the CEO of a large company, getting to know them, understanding their needs, understanding what's troubling them, where their roadblocks are and trying to find ways to help them, connect with them. And sometimes it's as simple as asking a client, what else is going on with you? What's troubling you? Is there some way I can help you? Because of my practice area, I think a lot of lawyers or clients tend to, tend to think, oh, I don't, I don't need you. You're a bankruptcy lawyer. I'm not going to need you because my business is doing well. Well, it's kind of like saying, I don't need a doctor because I'm healthy. I mean, you, you, always, you always should be proactively talking to a lawyer, reviewing your contracts periodically and evaluating where your risks lie. And so these are all characteristics that we instill in all of our attorneys. I mean, we have core values on our website and they include communication among them. Instilling these qualities in young lawyers and modeling that behavior and, and providing the training, the mentorship, the leadership, you know, sharing best practices is the best way. I, I think with for young lawyers, especially, it's difficult because young lawyers are trying to find their way as attorneys and they should always work on developing their skills as attorneys first, because when I was a young lawyer coming up, I was always told, don't focus on business development, focus on being a good lawyer, and then the business will come. And I think nothing could be further from the truth. You can't just practice for 20 years developing your skills and then say, okay, I'm now going to start trying to generate business. Actually, you can do that because that's exactly what I did. And so I learned quickly that I needed to start developing the business. And the idea of developing the business comes from just building relationships. And I think that starts, especially for young lawyers in law school, your, your law school class as a group of lawyers who are your peers, who are going to go out into the world. And as you join a law firm, they join another law firm, or some of them are in a bank, and some of them are in-house somewhere else. And as you climb through the ranks as a young lawyer, they're climbing through the ranks, and suddenly you're all 
referring and receiving business among each other. So I encourage my young lawyers to remain in contact with their law school classmates, to participate in law school and alumni association events, things like that, just as a baseline for building business. Yeah. Some of the things you talked about, I'll paraphrase and recap to say that it's a good idea for attorneys to go beyond the scope of the legal work that they're doing for the client in order to generate a referral relationship with that client. If, for example, you're just dealing as a bankruptcy attorney with a client with a bankruptcy issue to understand what's going on and their goals and concerns related to just that bankruptcy issue is not enough. If you can find out about other legal or even non-legal issues that they're facing, other important goals that they have, and of course, I'll mention and ask you about other people that they know. Who are the people, if John Doe is your client, who are the people that matter in John Doe's life? Who are the friends that matter to him? Who does he spend time with on the golf course or on the tennis yeah. court? Or who does he a part of groups and organizations with, both charitable or business-related? Right. Who are his customers? Who are his important vendors? Who's his right-hand person within the company? Who does he refer business to? Who does he get referrals from? No matter what type of business, there's probably a referral relationship. So. Yeah. If the client is John Doe, getting to know more about John Doe's strengths and goals and concerns, trying to be helpful for that person, and especially getting to know the people that are important in John's life is a big, important thing to instill, to mentor, to use your words, to model behavior, to use another one of your phrases, to train as another one of the words you use, your attorneys. Tell us a little bit more. How do you get the attorneys on your team to get to know the names of the people that matter to the client John Doe? How do you, how do you train yeah. them? And teach yeah. Them so you, you mentioned, you mentioned a couple of things there that I wanted to sort of add to is when you're asking a client about other issues that they have, you're not just trying to find a way to do more legal work for them. If you're doing it with some sincerity, you are showing that you care and trying to find ways to help them. And so my objective is obviously to do that because I do care. And that's another one of our core values and you'll see it on our website. And we call it the care factor. If you genuinely care about yourself, the firm, the client, that will you know, allow you to succeed. But also just being a trusted source for clients is important. I want our clients to know that they can trust us and come to us with any problem they have. And if we can't solve it in-house, we'll find the way to solve it outside. And so the way to sort of teach that to young lawyers is obviously do it yourself. Talk about doing it and share best practices for doing it and share success stories about it. In my firm, every work week starts with a huddle, which is an all-hands-on-deck meeting. And one of the things that we do, one of many things we do during that huddle is, you know, share kudos. And that is just recognize people in the office for doing good work. And sometimes that's as simple as being super responsive to a client. And I think clients appreciate that. But the other thing we do is in initial client intake calls, I will have one of my young lawyers on with me for a couple of reasons. One is I want them to see how how I handle that, that type of meeting and the first meeting with the client where we're getting to know each other. Second is I want the client to know them. 
I want them to meet this attorney who's likely going to be their primary point of contact. In most client engagements, the senior lawyer, in, in, in this case, me, is not going to be the one doing the bulk of the work. In fact, and we've built a structure, and I think a lot of law firm structures are built this way. The structure is so that the client can benefit from the fee savings by having junior people do the, you know, the most work. And so we're always trying to have the person with the lowest rate do the work for the client. And maybe that doesn't generate the most fees for me, but it's the most efficient for the client. So I want them to meet each other from the outset that allows the client to gain some confidence in the junior lawyer and for them to build a relationship. In our environment, we try to encourage collaboration, another core value. And we give our lawyers direct client interaction because the best way to learn is by seeing and doing. And I think that type of training goes a long way. Thank you. Let's elaborate a little bit more on the idea of client John Doe. You're trying to get the attorneys on your team to get to know John a little bit better beyond the scope of just the legal work they need to do. That's fiduciary responsibility. They have to find out all the pertinent facts and and, uh, concerns and goals related to, for example, a bankruptcy issue. But they're not under a fiduciary obligation to get to know who that client plays golf with or what organizations they're in or who they refer business to. Uh, That's not necessary for the legal work, but a really good, important thing to do if you want to deepen, widen the relationship with the client. What do you teach, train? How do you uh, lead the attorneys on your team to get to know who the clients know, to get to know their friends, their family, to get to know the names of the people that matter in their business lives? How do you go about doing that, Jeffrey? Yeah, I mean, that's difficult. And you can't do it with every client, but the ones that you can, if you have a one-off client that hires you for file a proof of claim in a bankruptcy, you're not going to likely build a close relationship with them. But for clients that you're either working on an extended engagement for or that you do a fair amount of repeat business for, it's like I said, I don't think there's any formula for that other than getting to know someone and Getting to know someone starts with asking how they're doing, what their problems are. You and I started this call. I think you asked me what's what's good in your life or what's great in your life beyond work. So asking the right questions, I think, is the best way to start. And then we talked about this before. First of all, there's a lot of information available. So you connect with them on LinkedIn. You see who they know. And there's a lot of resources out there. Inviting them, I I think it takes a matter of you finding out a little bit about someone and then sort of taking the initiative to, if you see an article that might be of interest to them, send it to them. If we're hosting an event or sponsoring an event, I might invite them to them. If I'm going to be in their city, uh, I always invite them for lunch or dinner. So it's finding touch points when those touch points can be lunches and dinners and educational events, but it also can just be sharing resources and something as simple as asking questions. So recapping some of the things we talked about, being referable includes being competent, being responsive, likable, showing appreciation, making sure to manage the client's awareness of risk, communicating with clients, especially ahead of any work that you're doing. Those are all things in the, within the practice of law that make you referable. 
And then things to go beyond that with clients might include getting to know the person a little bit better, getting to know the needs that they have in their lives or their business beyond the scope of the legal work, getting to know troubles that they have in their lives, their business, trying to provide help for them that's not just the legal work that you're paid to do, but help beyond that by sending them information, inviting them to events, going to lunch with them, going to dinner, making the time, making it a priority when there is limited time available to ask real open-ended questions that you sincerely are showing your curiosity to show that you care, to be a trusted source for them, to find solutions to problems that are outside the scope of the legal work and to bring in other attorneys on these meetings to let them see you in action. Jeffrey, let them watch you do this with clients would be a good way to train the attorneys to talk about it in your weekly meetings, to show recognition for when you see that attorneys are doing these types of behaviors, to share success stories with others. Yeah, one of the things that maybe we can do with clients as attorneys is to share and then ask. So an example would be, we're talking to John, the client, John, an example of someone that I work closely with outside of my firm is Jane Doe. And here's why I like Jane. Here's why she likes me. John, tell me about someone that you work closely with outside of your own company. And what do you like about them? What do they like about you? So if you just ask the question, that's good. You can find out who John likes and what they like about him, et cetera. That's good. But if you share something first about yourself, someone important to you, then asking John the question about someone that's important to him makes it a little bit more likely that he would share that. Maybe saying, for example, here's someone in my family and here's what I love about them. John, tell me about someone in your family. John, here's someone I play tennis with every Monday morning. Tell me about someone you do a sports activity or something with socially what do you like about them? Back and forth, sharing and asking. Your, your thoughts about that strategy, Jeffrey? Oh, I like it. I think it's great. Sharing with clients is obviously a great way to connect with them. But really what we're doing is we're just building a relationship. That's why I said it's no different with a client than it is with anyone else. And so you know, with your friends, what do you do with your friends? You tell them what's going on in your life and you ask them what's going on in theirs. It seems so intuitive, but I think a lot of people just lose sight of that. And they want to hand a brochure and, and say, God, I, I don't know why I'm not getting business from this person. So I, I think it's great. Thank you so much. Let's go on and talk about developing relationships with professionals. Now, we were talking about developing a relationship with John Doe, who's the client. Now let's talk about Jane Doe. She's not a client. She's another professional. You already mentioned, of course, for a lawyer, a good Jane Doe would be another lawyer. Of course, there are others probably within your area, CPAs, for example, financial professionals that deal with high net worth individuals would be a couple of examples. You can tell us who makes a good referral source for you, attorneys in other practice areas, attorneys at maybe larger firms, perhaps. And then how do you, as the leader of attorneys in your team, how do you get the other 12 or 13 lawyers on your team to be better at generating referrals from these professional relationships they have? How do you mentor them, coach them, demonstrate for them how to go about getting referrals from other professionals? 90 something percent of our clients come to us from other lawyers. So I'm always looking to network with and interact with other lawyers. And in my geographic region, I like to meet lawyers who don't do what I do. 
So land use attorneys and real estate attorneys and M&A lawyers in South Florida. And then outside of my region, I like to meet lawyers that do exactly what I do. And so I love to meet bankruptcy lawyers in other cities because inevitably they're going to have a client that has an issue in Florida and they're going to need local counsel or they may just want to refer a client. And so I want to be there. And we are, we're nimble and we're agile and able to take risks. And so we like to meet lawyers from other you know, cities in our practice area. In terms of mentoring the young lawyers, it's a sort of a multi-pronged approach. One is we have a marketing director who helps our, our people get speaking engagements and writing engagements. I think part of the business development practice or marketing practice or referral-based practice is becoming a thought leader. And you become a thought leader by speaking on topics and writing on topics. And so we are actively seeking those opportunities for our young lawyers. It used to be Brett and I would do most of the speaking and the writing. And as we've grown as a firm, we've really built up the opportunities to do so for our young lawyers. And there's a quality associated with our firm and you get that quality at every level. And so I'm always actively promoting our people with those opportunities. But it's not just enough to be speaking and writing. You have to be involved in the various bar associations. We try to spread that out as much as we can. So some people are active in the Florida bar. Some people are active in the Miami-Dade County bar. Others are American Bar Association, the American Bankruptcy Institute, you name the organization, we have somebody, you know, involved at some level, but it's also not enough to just be in an organization, you've got to be active. And you can't just attend the events, you have to take a leadership role, you have to get on a committee, you have to volunteer to do some work. And I think a lot of lawyers are disinclined to do that, because they're busy, you have to make this part of your practice from an early age so that you you know learn to do it and so that you also develop the opportunities for it so it's opportunities it's resources it's education incentives also we reward our attorneys with bonuses premised on the business that they originate so it's a multi-pronged approach business development is something that you really need to work at and it takes a long time to do it a long time to perfect it and really never perfect it you're always kind of working on it as you know i like the thing that you mentioned before about how maybe at a big firm even some of the folks listening to this podcast might have had that experience at a prior company or firm they were with just sort of do the work, build your skill, and the referrals will come. And how that, uh, as you said, couldn't be really further from the truth. You have to build the skill in your area of practice and build your muscles and skills in business development and building relationships right from the get-go. Attorneys often will lose contact with all of the people they went to law school within a matter of a couple of years. And that's a foregone opportunity if they're not keeping in touch with all of those other people they went to law school with, huge opportunity. And you already mentioned encouraging your people uh, to stay in touch and be involved in their alumni organizations, to provide them with training and mentorship about business development with other professionals, finding speaking opportunities because in the audience will be those other professionals that can be referral sources. Let's go on to think about more about this aspect of training. Some managing partners may have a certain person in the firm 
designated to be the trainer, the business development trainer. Some will hire an outside consultant like myself. Some will send attorneys to classes like a Dale Carnegie or one of these types of classes to like a Sandler sales training type of uh, way to educate them and, and train them on to be better at business development. What are some of the things that your firm has done to train the attorneys on the, the business development side, generating referrals from clients and professionals how do you go about that? How do you decide with the busy schedule that you and they have how much time to devote to training on business development? How do you go about executing it? Most of our training is in-house and hands-on. So we have monthly attorney lunches that are, there's always a topic that we're talking about. And then we periodically do various trainings and it might be run by our marketing director. She'll typically lead some trainings. Myself, other attorneys, more senior attorneys in the firm may teach on a particular you know, topic, but it's more often it's opportunistic, if you will. As things come up, we're going to talk about them. I think formal trainings are can be of limited utilities. Most of the time, people are thinking about something that they're working on at that moment, and they need to hear it and they need to see it uh, often. As I mentioned before, modeling the behavior is the best way to train lawyers. We've encouraged some of our groups to join various networking organizations, and I think there's a lot of training available in, in various networking organizations. We also provide all of our attorneys with resources. Each of them gets a business development budget from the beginning, and they're encouraged to use it, and they have a marketing director who works with them on how to effectively utilize it. As we've talked about this idea that you have to start it, start it from the beginning. You can't just start business development later in life. The other thing we do is we provide opportunities within the office so that if you're if you're an alumni of a, some law school and you want to host an event, you can do it here in our office. We try to allow people to bring, give them that resource, invite people to use our office space to host different organizations. And I think that's another way to benefit. But the training happens in so many different ways. We don't typically send anyone to Dale Carnegie or anything like that. But for me, the best way is have them learn with us. When we go to an event, if the three of us are going to a particular uh, conference, we're going to prepare for that. We're going to look at the list of attendees. We're going to meet with our marketing director. In fact, I have a meeting today about a conference that two or three of us are attending. And we've looked at the list and we're identifying people that we want to meet with when we're there. And I have meetings set up. I'm going to invite my colleagues to those meetings so that they can meet these attorneys. I don't want to be the only one to have these relationships. Our, our clients and our referral partners to have relationships with the whole firm. To me, that's the best way to, to do this. I know we're wrapping up shortly, so just briefly a, a final few questions to combine together. Some goal that you have related to business development through referrals, something you want to achieve, some mistake that you've made. Well, let's cover those two questions in one. What's a, something you want in terms of a goal related to generating referrals and maybe a mistake that you feel like you've made in leading the attorneys to generate referrals from clients and professionals? Yeah, I would say the goal is for the first Five to 10 years of our firm, Brett and I were responsible for the overwhelming majority of client development and business development opportunities. I think that that lever has started to shift and we've been really focused on it so that others are generating business. And I think at some point, 
Uh, I'll be happy when the, the overwhelming majority of work is generated by others besides Brett and myself, because that's to me the best way to you know build a firm you know with longevity. In terms of mistakes, we talked about the one that I you know I learned and I've already shared with uh, you know my young lawyers of you know waiting to start business development. I guess the other one I would think of is. We used to originally, when we brought in the marketing director, we originally would mandate certain business development efforts. So each attorney had to do certain things. And I've learned that it's a better a better model is to allocate the resources to those who will do it, who want to do it, and who are are you know participating in it because you do, you dilute your limited resources by trying to you know make everyone into a business development guru and not everyone wants to do that some people just want to you know do the work if i still divide and allocate the resources to those individuals it dilutes the benefits to the others and so i have come to the point in my career where I realize, hey, we're going to focus where we have this resource, it's available. If you don't want to take advantage of it, I think it's your loss. Ultimately, that person will suffer. Not that they're going to suffer, but they won't benefit, if you will, from utilizing it. Not So I focus, and I've told my marketing director to focus the energy where on the resources that want to utilize you. And then one last question, just in a moment here, we, we only have a few moments. One thing that you'll change and do differently, what are you planning to do to generate more referrals from the uh, clients and, and professionals? What's one thing you'll change? I think I'm going to adopt your, your little tool of saying, hey, this is something that happened to me before I asked the question of what's happening to them. I think that's a great, that's a great little lesson. I appreciate it. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Everybody, please check out the podcast on the Referral Navigator Limited Series podcast on our YouTube channel. And we'll be sending clips around for the podcast on various social media platforms. We're going to put Jeff's contact information up on the screen here. So please get in touch with Bass Nameron for commercial litigation, bankruptcy, bankruptcy avoidance related legal issues. And of course, if you're a professional attorney, perhaps in another practice area, for example, and you'd like to build a mutually beneficial referral relationship, please reach out to Jeffrey Bast. Jeffrey, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Jeff. This was fun. Appreciate it. Great. Looking forward to seeing you again soon. Bye, everybody. The Referral Navigator Limited Series Podcast. 